the following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. This is part B. The main consequence of cyber dependency is pragmatism. And that's basically whatever works. Typically you think of someone who's very pragmatic as someone who thinks through a process and comes to a decision. That's what they're saying. But in the research that we're gathering, they're using the term pragmatism in a complete different way. They're using it in the context of they're figuring it out. They're thinking through your Christianity. They're thinking through world religions. They're thinking through worldviews. And they have made the decision by themselves to choose whatever works best. In other words, whatever is going to give them the greatest benefit. Now let's take a look at Gen Z widely embracing this pragmatism, this whatever works philosophy. We're looking at a chart that says 76% of Gen Z has adopted pragmatism. Millennials was 50%. Boomers were 39%. And elders, that's our generation, were sitting at 35%. So what is happening is through every generation, there is an overwhelming increase of pragmatism. People are detaching from what others believe works, and they are attaching to self-thinking to come to self-conclusion to what is most beneficial to self. Pragmatism. The official definition of pragmatism is an individualized way of doing things or thinking about problems that are based on dealing with specific situations instead of ideologies of pre-established methods. That would be called the church. Sounds great, but the problematic ethical issue is It erases all pre-established modalities of absolute truth, which includes faith and the church, who have been, as we've shown you tonight, who have been the moral compass for almost 2,000 years. So who, I ask you, is going to be the moral compass for Generation Z? themselves. And we know where lust of the flesh goes. Here's the main spiritual consequence of pragmatism. Spiritualism. The unusual thing about this whole pragmatic thing that's happening is it turns the person into spiritualism. You see, they're on one hand fighting and resisting because they need to think this through and they need to make the decision on what works best for them. 
But at the same time, that obsessiveness in pragmatism has moved them and shifted them into spiritualism. Now here's the official definition of spiritualism. A system of belief or religious practice based on supposed communication with the spirits of the dead. This is a secular definition. Especially through mediums and, there it is again, demonics. Now I put the two of those together in research. They're saying this cyborging and this demonics is a huge issue. And now it's turning into leading them into spiritualism because these 67% of Hollywood movies are based in spiritualism. Books that people read are based in spiritualism. Allow me to show you this. Gen Z's exposure to supernatural themes and experiences. 84% of the Gen Zers read or watched Harry Potter. Jane and I have talked to multiple parents who were okay with reading to or having their children read or watch the Harry Potter series. It is witchcraft. But we, in our generation, loosened the grip on spiritualism and the generation under us went wild with it. The media completely changed. The movie industry completely changed. Now in this generation that we're ministering to, 84%, I'm just picking out, and Barna Group is just picking out one particular piece of media. This does not cover the full gamut of stuff they're getting on their devices. Just Harry Potter. Now, these, whether it's the same 84%, some out of the 84%, or a separate group, or a mixture of the two, but 73% have actively participated in witchcraft. Well, of course they have. The mere observation of the movie is witchcraft. The mere reading of the books, you're involved in witchcraft. Of course they're going to take action on it, because we take action upon what we read. That's why we read. When reading turned into entertainment, we had novels, and when novels started spreading the full gamut of interest of human minds, we began to have a deterioration in our moral beliefs. Pretty soon we're reading about love stories and we come across a couple chapters or pages about stuff we normally wouldn't read. We just blow through it. It's okay. Really? Look how it's turning out two generations later. 21% received help from the church. 
because they shared their concern. And 4% discuss these actual themes with leadership in the church. I have a problem. I'm addicted to demonics. Demonics is a supernatural being who intermediates between God and man. This is a secular definition. A source or agent of evil. I put Satan in there. To harm, distress, or to ruin a perspective of a holy source. Is this not the goal that Satan has with our demonics? Entertainment industry in the world today for our children? Of course it is. The term demonics is a postmodern depiction and method used in the entertainment industry to seduce viewers into the supernatural world. Gen Z commonly accept this modality of entertainment every single day. Now, the new statistic is nine hours a day. When I first shared this statistic through Barna Group, the average was four to five hours. And a new statistic has come out, it's at nine hours a day for the average. How far is this going to get out of control? It will continue until it literally captures all of this generation into spiritualism. These movies, these media, it is to redirect them into spiritualism. That is the religion of Satan, spiritualism. 602-292-1111. Here's what the Word of God has got to say about this. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 20-22 says, No, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to become sharers And demons. Friends, look it up yourself. Partners, friends, collaborators, investors. Every person that ever watched Harry Potter invested and shared with a demon. You made an investment in the kingdom of Satan or any other demonics that you have or you are participating in. He goes on to say, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy, which is also in James chapter 4. We are not stronger than he, are we? 
The Lord has a purpose for us. The Lord has a mission for us. And the Lord has an answer to the unbelievable level of passivity that is affecting the church today. And I believe you're looking at it on the screen. In order for a pastor, you pastors listen very carefully. In order for you to turn that church around, you are going to have to become intimately communicating with your body to find out what cups of demons they're drinking from. What media are they watching? What music are they listening to? What books are they reading? What social networking are they participating in? People have asked me for years why I boycott Facebook. I could tell you stories about the, the owner of Facebook that is just now coming out in the news. And I have known about it for a very long time. Because of lawsuits that are taking place on his, his manipulation of trending which is literally controlling the entire world. That's just one. See, that's just one media venue. We can't gather the statistics on the full cyber dependency issue, as the psychological journal people say. It's impossible. But I can tell you, Pastor, if you do not get a handle on the cups that your people are drinking from, you'll never be able to impart to that passive group sitting in front of you. They cannot experience conviction when they're drinking from the cup of a demon. Here's the long-term consequence. The long-term consequence of cyber dependency is yet to be seen. There's no statistics available on this demise. Most projections in the world of statistics are not typically released until the end of the decade in which the evaluating process takes place. That's how you get statistics. Although we can make intelligent projections based on the existing data by looking at the past statistics rating similar cultural issues. Here's how I do it. If I was you, I would cut this little piece out of your notes, stick it in your Bible, because I have found this to be a very, very effective way to do what I do. Research. Number one. When possible, review the end goal stated in the Holy Scriptures. It's the first thing I write on the piece of paper when something is fronted with me of a new new statistic, a new thing that's happening, a new buzzword, a new addiction. I, I write the end goal on a piece of paper. I go find out where Satan and God are warring over this issue. 
Don't start from the bottom up. You'll get lost. You must start from the top down. Two, study and examine the present topic through past and present generations. Reviewing their generational ethics or lack of them. So if there's a topic of being a post-truth church, I want to look at the church right before them and what decisions did they make that were not of God. Then the generation before them. And you do that as far back into the past as you possibly can. And then you pull all the pieces together with the present crisis. Now you can talk intelligently. I get bored silly listening to people's ethical discussions because they think they got a handle on church history. And honestly speaking, they are clueless. Knowing the data about church history is not true church history. One of the classics being the Crusades. People associate indwelt Christians with that crusade. They were hiding in the catacombs while the Catholic Church formed a war against the Muslims, which is why present Muslims are on a revenge pattern today, taking countries by the droves. That's good research. That's how I do it. I even do it with every country I research. I know more about history of a lot of countries that I visit or I'm going to visit than the local people. I do that with towns that I visit or we visit, right, Jane? I show up in the community and I know pretty much every piece of history about that town I could find. Then I have great discussions with the town historian and know exactly where to go for the sites and know whatever. Because I do my homework. That's what you guys need to be doing. So then study the tools and modalities of the present generation that advances them to this end goal. What are the tools the enemy is using that is advancing them? Like dumb sheep being led to a slaughter. They want to argue with you about the methods of this generation or the ethics of this generation, and that is a stupid discussion. It has nothing to do with their opinions. The enemy is walking them to his end goal like dumb sheep being led to a slaughter. So to get people all wrapped up in the ethical discussions and theological discussions and whatever the big topics are, it is an illusion. It's fruitless. Your opinions don't matter to me, nor to God because your thoughts are not God's thoughts and your ways are certainly not God's ways. And in that passage, it talks about you are stupid people. Now I know I get emails in 602s on the when I use the word stupid, but it is absolutely a biblical label for people who are so dumb that they're being led to a slaughter without questioning the hand that's holding them. 
Then we look at the world through the indwelling mind of Christ. If you're not a born-again, indwelled believer, skip this step because you will not have anything given to you to give you clarity. And then five, take action. Front the present culture with the modalities of that worldview. And then finally, presume on the reality that Christianity must continue to be the foundation for society. Not that we'll get it, but I always assume that. One life at a time. Here's our Godological statement. Godologically, if we look at Generation Z through these points I just shared with you, we will discover when Gen Z advances to adulthood, this ambiguous, ever-present technology will prove to retard the discernment to the dangers of the enemy's end goal regarding global mind control. While fully knowing Gen Z has openly accepted the most dangerous methodology of frenetic pluralism that encompasses the enemy's objective. A fancy way to say the puppet master that manipulates the strings of society rules the culture. The master that rules society rules the people. And back in 1940, that was the church, which was the literal venue that God used from the kingdom of God. And today, that seems to have dissolved. Here's our solution. The only solution to the demise is through the establishing a Christ as life worldview in and through the present generation. That starts with being awakened by the Holy Spirit. That's why I prayed that before we got started. First, to be indwelled by Christ's mind and life. And secondly, by allowing his mind within the authentic believer to develop a worldview that is founded and managed from heaven, from the throne chair. It would benefit us to remember that Satan is a replicator. What he sees as the method God uses to manage his people, he will replicate such methods in the world of the sciences. This is what I call Godological deduction. This is the process of normative ethics in world development. Here's our identity matter statement. Most of the research being gathered on Gen Z and their parents, the millennials, are directly related to internet dependency. Little is being done about the power that media plays in the human mind, literally captivating them covertly, most labeling it entertainment. Please remember my modality of research encompasses Three points, the probable end goal, the generational ethics of the day, and the tools being used to advance this generation to the end goal of Jesus Christ. Yes, even cyber dependency 
is being used by God to lead the final generation of born-again, indwelled believers to the throne of God. He will use all things for his good, even this generational ethical problem we have today. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at IOMAmerica.org. That's IOMAmerica.org.